Hey, folks, welcome to Free Press Sports with Carlos and Sean. Carlos, your guy is back for another year. I don't even know if I need to say who your guy is. I think our listeners know. I Certainly your readers know. <laughs> My guy, Aaron Glenn. Your guy, Aaron Glenn. Yeah, we'll see if we'll see if he's back. But Ben Johnson's back. That uh, helps soften the blow a little bit. It's funny. Can I just tell you a very super quick story, Carl? Says, uh, and I, I think this is representative of a lot of people. And I, I only talked to maybe ten of them, but uh, one of them was my youngest son who put on the put on the the long view, the high road, whatever you want to call it, the happy face. Late Sunday night, I was out in California, and he's like, you know, they had a great season. It was the best best year of my life with any kind of team ever. This was incredible. And Monday morning, when I was getting ready to go to the airport or whatever it was, he texted me. He says, oh, this hurts. I'm not going to lie. This I woke up this morning and this just hurts. And I felt that collectively. I saw that in my inbox. Uh, I'm talking to some other people who, for whatever reason, Monday was even more painful you know, because they were trying to convince themselves Sunday night, saying, wow, what a great season. This was amazing, you know, just to stem the pain. And then Monday was really hurtful. And then Tuesday, Carlos... Ben Johnson decides he's going to stay. And you can feel people pivoting a little bit. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, and you wrote about that and uh, in your column, which we should talk about a little bit. But uh, what, which, what was your reaction, your uh, your first reaction? And your second Yeah, reaction? that was exactly right. I mean, you know, maybe Ben Johnson got stuff in his inbox, and that's what changed his mind too. But, yeah, that that's what happened is, you know, the, the, in the moment, you're stunned. I mean, you know, Sean, I was an actual fan of teams, and I still am, so – when my Kings or Dodgers get eliminated or whatever, you know, like it's really painful in the moment. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, it's real. Like it wasn't the, the <laughs> euphoria, the game is over and all that stuff. And then the next day you're just left with like this, this void of nothingness for another year. So I totally get it. And it was true. I mean, people are, you know, that whole thing, they're bargaining, right? And like, well, okay, maybe it'll be better and this and that. But I think the other shoe to drop was we're going to lose Ben Johnson. We're going to lose this amazing offensive play caller you know i was talking to taylor decker in the locker room on monday and you know he was trying to give the kind of the the you know kind of -of run-of-the-mill answer of oh ben's a you know really good coach and it's if we lose him it's going to be difficult all that and i'm like and i kind of stopped him and said you know he's different isn't he i mean you've been here long enough i've been here long enough like he's a very unique play caller and I reminded him, you called him a sicko one time because he was doing some razzle-dazzle play. And he's like, yeah, he's special. He's different. And I don't know if we're going to see that again in our life. We, you know, covering this team for so long, 20 years, whatever, we've been around Detroit. You know, we haven't seen anybody of his caliber. And he made a big difference. And then what was going to be interesting, Sean, was we were going to test the hypothesis of whether it was, you the know. Petri uh, the Petri dish. The Petri dish. The Petri dish, was it Ben Johnson or was it Dan Campbell? Who was he the puppet? Because I know you want to believe you love Dan Campbell. You love you some Dan Campbell. You love to write about Dan Campbell and the the zeitgeist and the not just Dan everything Campbell. else. So we, not we, just now Dan we don't get to find out for at least another year. No, we don't. And, and and I don't want to say that's a disappointing because obviously they're better with Ben Johnson. But no, I don't think it's just Dan Campbell. <laughs> the, the the one person I don't think gets enough credit, well, there are a couple of things. First of all, Brad Holmes is every bit as much a part of this as Dan Campbell. Now you can say, okay, Campbell's may end up being a really u- unique and not a generational coach, but just a Hall of Fame type coach. I don't know. 
But Brad Holmes, this doesn't happen without him. None of this happens without him. Come on, come on. You've got to have talent. It starts with talent. And then you got to have a coach, no question. But it starts with talent. And Ben Johnson has has uh, talent. I remember you and I arguing about this a couple of years ago. You're like, ah, well, who, what's I'm, and I'm like, dude, I'm on St. Ron, I'm on Ross St. Brown is a future all all pro at his position, and there are a couple of linemen that are headed that way, right? And so you can see that talent, you can see it, and it's not all Ben Johnson developing it. They are gifted. These are some. Uh, Penay Sewell is a. Out, an outlying, an outlier, right? I mean, he's the best right tackle in the league. He's the most athletic, the offensive lineman in the league. Period. I mean, they've they've got guys. Sam Laporta's a stud. They got guys. So, to me, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. And then, how do you put it together? How do you develop it? How do you meld it? All of that. But without talent, you know, I I feel like Brad Holmes gets lost in this a little bit. That's just me. Well, he, he, okay. Let me for you historians out there, Sean. I know you're a historian, so. Brad Holmes is George Marshall. Dan Campbell is Eisenhower and Ben Johnson is Patton. You know, yeah, you need George Marshall was the supply chain genius who got everything where it should be and the supplies and everything. Eisenhower had the strategy. He appointed the generals. But Patton was the guy on the boots on the ground winning battles and leading the allied forces. To, you know, you don't just replace Patton. He's. He's a talented, talented, you know, field general. That's what that's what that's what Ben Johnson is. Those guys are hard to find. You know, yes, you can find other. The, so everybody's important. Everybody is. And Brad, I think Brad Holmes gets plenty of credit now. I don't think he's the forgotten guy. Everybody knows. But you see this across the league. You know, guys like uh, you know Les Snead, right? They couldn't win before. Sean McVay was there and Sean McVay showed up and he's kind of the Eisenhower and, and Patton because he calls the plays. And so that makes the difference. The guy sometimes is, you know, and yes, Dan Campbell is a huge, huge part of this. Of course, he's probably the, he's the most important part to me because finding the right head coach is extremely difficult. You can have all the talent in the world, which doesn't know how to use it, how to, how to develop it, how to, you know, sustain it doesn't matter. You can throw 10 Tom Brady's at them and it's not going to matter. You know, it's not going to be the GM's fault, but they only have so much, so much say in this. You know, they basically get the players that the coaches need is how it works. And then the coaches have to make do with that. That's why the GMs tend to survive a little longer usually is because they're not the one, the ones in the crosshairs. Like, hey, coach said he needed this and this and this. We got them. Whatever. Didn't work out. Now, eventually you wear out your welcome like anybody else. But but Ben Johnson, I, I I really would. I'll be honest with you, Sean. I would be curious if he left. What would happen? Who would they find? And that, that was a concern of mine. But I was going to be. It was going to be an interesting, you know, time or, or or era in Dan Campbell's tenure. I don't know. Is he ever going to leave now? What's going on? No, no. I just who knows. And we could talk about him in a second. But let's get back to this fundamental idea. No, Bill Belichick. What happened when he lost the talent? What's his record? He lost the talent. Tom Brady Tom goes Brady. to Tampa. So are you saying Bill Belichick is a better is a Bruce Arians is a better coach than Bill Belichick or Todd? Absolutely not. But he got Tom Brady to go with uh, obviously talented defense. That was a great defense they put together. Yeah, to me, if you don't have that, you got nothing, and it's not easy to find a good general manager. Well, who's the guy on Seattle who had the? I remember looking it up this last year because Schneider. I was thinking about yeah, John Schneider. The run he had where he hit on three or four drafts in a row built a Super Bowl team. 
Pete Carroll's a really, really good coach. Great coach. One a great, of he's levels. a Hall of Fame coach, yeah. Great, great coach. But without Schneider making those moves, we're not talking about Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll went to New England, didn't have the same talent. Greg Popovich, the best basketball coach of the last 25 years. Oh, I knew basketball is two, two examples and then basketball. It's, it's been, uh, no, I, the first example is Bill Belichick, who is considered the, the, the best coach of this generation, right? Nick Saban, a fabulous coach, goes to Miami, doesn't have the talent, can't win. No, that's he was just terrible as though he didn't know how to deal with people. He was stepping over people having like heart attacks and things. He had some other issues making the Bad adjustment, human. but but he had not he didn't have enough talent. That's the key. It starts with there. And to think that it's easy to find a GM who can ID, ID guys in the draft. Now look, free agents, cap management, all that, those are all different skills, and you got a people around you that's all gotta be copacetic together. But if you can't draft if you can't find guys that, you know, you get some of it's luck. You and I have talked about this, and for sure, there's no way Holmes knew he was getting a first-team All-Pro in the fourth round when he drafted St. Brown. He, he, he probably thought he exactly. could be good. But you say so you got to get lucky. But he's done it now a few years in a row. And, and to me, that's where it starts. I'm not saying he's the most important, but of any organization, you don't have the talent. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Of course. And, that, and, that, and and to me, they're keeping with Ben Johnson leaves, who's still got the guy that identifies the talent, and they still got the guy that, that leads everything. So, and by the way, and you wrote this in your column, it was funny. You put it in there because you had to, because it's a fact. But the offense immediately changed when Dan Campbell took over, immediately. And, and, and who was he, his he, pass game coordinator? Who was calling the plays? You you keep talking about how big a deal it is to call the plays with mm-hmm. the razzle dazzle and the sicko Decker. Decker's talking about his guts and his designs. He's talking about those his play designs, design. Those designs his... cost him in the second half. Yeah, they did. His yeah, back, his, 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 his third perfect. down, and, and who gave him a twenty four seven lead? His third, the offensive line bullying and line. running over. Did you see the size of those holes? And did you hear that what was going on in our press? But people yeah. were like, oh my God, the Lions are manhandling them. Yeah. That's, that's what they, they were designing doing. those uh run run plays, do you think? They're not that much to design. You got you can go oh. zone, you can go man, whatever. Oh, ben they Johnson got, they got, Look at this. this they respect. got the best, they got the best running back co- tandem in the league behind arguably the best or second best offensive line in the league. And they came out and bullied them. That's what they did. Yeah, Graham, Graham I'd like Glasgow to see ben and Kowody, uh is showed a, they're they're the best offensive linemen in the league. Are you kidding two me? Missing you got two you of your got, guards missing forty you percent of your starting the line. You got the best right tackle in the league, and you got a top five left tackle. And Grand Glasgow is a very good guard. You got four guys. He's an average mulling. guard. Average he's, guard. He's better than average. That's why they want him back. I love Graham. He's a nice guy, but he's not better than average. Sorry. Of course, he's a little better than average. That's why they want him back. Because he's a good – you think all this talk about roster and developing more roster competition and how ruthless they've been with all that, you think they want somebody back? He lost the starting job to Vitae, but Vitae was hurt. No, he outplayed – you're right. No, but when Vitae came back and was healthy, Glasgow outplayed him. That's fact. Healthy. Well, he did. He out. He outplayed him. That's what I saw. You know. So Ben Johnson yeah. doesn't matter in your equation. Not in the long run, no. Oh, he doesn't. Not in the long run. Well, that's that's. I would he like. Doesn't. I want to see what happens when, if he ever leaves. What 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 your hypothesis nah, the, the, how it the, plays the, out? The, the, but the facts are there. As soon as Campbell took over the play calling, they got better. And by the way, what who were they throwing the ball to that year? You know what I mean. 
I mean, St. Brown was still kind of developing. The talent got better too. There's no question. Yeah, they did not have as much. I mean, they didn't have a running game. Talent yeah, on the no, it was the first year. No, no, for sure, for sure. And, you know, and you're, you're, explain your piece of what you were trying to say about Campbell not wanting to throw Anthony Lynn under the rug. What, what is that? I mean, what did you expect him to do when he talked about why I didn't, didn't say work? that? I just say he never gave us an exam, a good answer. Like, I just, I don't know why it didn't work out. That's not a good answer, you know? So either you're not telling us the truth or you don't know. One of those has to be true. I don't know. Campbell's been pretty truthful in general. Like in, in exactly, since that's exactly. happened, that's never come out of why it was that it didn't work. If it was some problem between Lynn and Goff, or I, I don't know. Yeah, there was like something. There never was, been answered. There was something that, yeah, because Lynn is a solid coach, right? I mean, he's a head coach. He had a really good year in in, in what was it, San Diego at that point. Still, they weren't, or they in Los Angeles. I can't remember. Yeah, they were in San. They were in L.A. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, he did lost not do well there. One, well, he had a twelve win team and got to the. Got to win a playoff game. I mean, he had a good, solid year. When he took over in Buffalo, and even as a coordinator there, they were pretty good. He had Tyrod Taylor as his quarterback, but they had plenty of games. I mean, in other words, he's a solid coach. He's a decent coach. So it's un- I, I don't understand. I mean, it's understandable that he'd give him a chance, and it didn't work. And he changed it midway midway through and took over. It was horrible. It was a disaster. Yeah, no, it, and it he didn't never explain why. I mean, either, the, the concerning thing is if you can't explain it, you have to assume he's telling you the truth and he doesn't understand why it didn't work. You know, that's the concern is, and he didn't see Ben Johnson right under his nose that, you know, this guy is an offensive play calling what genius. Do you, what do you I mean didn't he didn't it. see him under his nose? He didn't know him that well. He was a tight ends coach. He was young and he brought in an established guy. And as soon as it didn't work, he promoted him like halfway through the season. He didn't promote him right at, away. At, he was his off. He was his pass game coordinator. And then after that's the a season, promotion. He got promoted, that's a promotion. And he wouldn't give promotion. him play calling duties. He wouldn't officially give him play calling duties until the season started. Exactly, so, but because he, he did a really good job of calling the plays the year before, he promoted him from tight ends coach. The pass. Uh, you, you're saying that's not a promotion. It's a small promotion. It's not like, hey, we have we have our guy here. I worked with him long enough. I've heard. I know what you know. He's about. He's going to be interim offensive coordinator. That's to me saying I really I know I know that you know, look look he doesn't it, it's just a fact he couldn't identify Ben Johnson's genius early. That's all. I mean he thought this guy has potential. We'll see how it goes, but he was couching it. He wasn't sure, which just gives you some reason to wonder if he's going to be able to identify Ben Johnson's replacement. You know and and. Someone who's going to be as successful as Ben Johnson. Yeah, it's all the first of all we got to go. And back by the to, way, he's got Aaron Glenn still on the staff. That's another yeah, issue. Yeah, who's a good he's, defensive coordinator who doesn't have anywhere near the defensive talent. Why do you he's keep not throwing a good, that? He's, he's, he's below the, average. He's a below average. How do you know that defensive he's got, coordinator? He Just look at the stats. Near, look at the look at the talent. The difference. It's huge. Well, there's a chicken and the egg situation with this too. Is is he getting the most out of his talent? Is Brad Holmes like, hey? Your boy, Brad Holmes, is getting them players, and is he developing them? Is he using them the right way? Or is it that they're not good? So either Brad Holmes is screwing up and not getting enough talented players for him, or Ben or Aaron Glenn's not making He's proper not use of the players up. he has. He's, he, how is he screwing up? He's got three years. You got, you're trying to build a whole new roster. You can't just get everybody all at once. 
They lead. They well, had what a couple about the of, offense? They, you just said that the offense is, you know, amazing. And that's and where he's primarily are. put. That's where they put the, the, the resources. He came into the team and said, "All right, what's the one strength? Well, we got some really good. We got a couple of really good offensive linemen. Three of them, actually, if you include Jonah Jackson. Let's lean into that. Here's a stud out here, and we'll go from there. And then we're going to build out. You know, right? That's what that's what they're trying to do. You can't do that all at once. You're not going to be able to do that all at once. He's By the absolutely. Way, by the way, one little aside about that is you love this offensive line. Ragnall, Taylor, Decker, and Jonah Jackson were already here, by the way. They were That's what drafted I just said. by the previous regime. That's what I just He's said. He's Penny Sewell, one guy. No, and well, he brought Glasgow back. It was a nice fit. But that's what I just said. He came in and, and, a, and a rafter that was more or less bereft said, here's the one area of strength. And then he doubled down and went and got Sewell, his first pick, and said, we're, this is how we're going to build. Which was and his second pick up, was Levi and Wuzurike, and his third pick was Ali McNeil. Two, and then his fourth pick was and Mc, if you Melifon, his next three picks. Both were, those guys have been really defense. good. Right? It's not like he hasn't drafted defensive guys. I mean, no, Aiden Hutchinson sure. has been the one you know outright clear star that he's picked. You know, but he's drafted defense. It's not like he hasn't gotten no. Of course players. he has. James it, Houston. Of course, of course he had. No, Houston was a late rounds fine for sure. He was hurt though. And they missed him this year. There's no question. They didn't have enough. That's one of the areas where they got to get better is the pass rush. You know, Glenn started mixing it up, doing the blitzes and so forth. But, yeah, no, I, I, I first, personally, I, it's not going to shock me if Glenn's a better head coach down the road if he ever gets a chance. It's just not. Head coaching is completely different. It is completely different. It is, it is, it is a different animal, and that's the thing, you know, the the – the, the questions that you hear rolling around about Ben Johnson is, can he can he manage an entire team, a whole staff, bunch of players, a locker room, the assistants? You know, can he be? He's got an edge to him, right? You hear he's got an edge to him. And they're losing, and losing never, his uh, temper. I, I don't want to yeah. say that. I don't want to disparage. But no, you just... you. Hey, we hear things. We, you know, we he don't, can be right? demanding. He can be demanding is what we and, hear. And that... That doesn't always play. It depends on who you have, and and you know. But it, it might play in part of the room, right? Right, Carlos. It might play for part of the team. It might, like, like it does right now, right? Like it, you know what I mean. You know, the thing about it is, they always say the big cliche: the coaches always lean on is be yourself, be yourself. Well, sometimes being yourself doesn't work. I hope. And Ben Johnson's a smart guy, and I'm sure one of the things he's learned from the the. If it's one lesson you should learn from Dan Campbell and even Brad Holmes, but but from Dan Campbell specifically because he's a head coach, is identify the kind of team you want to be and the kind of players that are going to be on that team. You know the the Dan Campbell right on the whole grit thing and whatever, and you're going to play hard. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go get guys who don't fit this locker room, don't fit this culture. And I that's the one thing I would take is whatever that culture is that you want. Whatever it is, Something, it doesn't have to be a grit culture, you know, whatever you want it to be, stay true to that, find the people that you want. And by the way, Matt Patricia was trying to do the same thing. He just, he just, his, his requirement was so kind of far afield that it would have taken him way too long to clean out the whole locker room and get his kind of guys in there. But, but Ben Johnson, I think, I hope he would, that's what I'm thinking he should take from any coach should stay true to that is find out who you want to be and pursue that. And, and and it might work better for Aaron Glenn. I mean, you're right. He Aaron Glenn is, you know, really beloved by his players and but that also doesn't 
I mean, Anthony Lynn was a player, you know, I mean, it doesn't always work. I mean, some of the no, great, it, it great players or coaches it, haven't been players. So no, it doesn't it, for sure. It doesn't but, matter all the time. No, no. But, and, but Glenn's not beloved in the way where he's, it's a, it's kind of a fun loving thing. I'm sure there's part of that too, but you, you can see it. He walks into the room, he commands the room, right? He's got a little bit of that camel in him. And uh, we'll, we'll see who, who, who knows. I mean, it's, it's hard, it's hard to know. He doesn't command but the yeah, room. Let's, let's, let, let's let, what's that? He doesn't command the room. Why does he command the room? Of course he does. He walks in. He's got a presence about him. You can feel it. That's why it's part of the reason his players love it. I mean, that's part of the reason. And they, they don't just love him. They respect him. Right? I mean, Campbell talks about that with Glenn, that he's got that thing. And he does. You know, whether whether that is enough, who knows? I, I don't know. But, yeah, that's why Campbell talks about it. All right, let's take a quick break. And, oh, gosh, we'll continue this. <laughs> Right after we we make a little, or what are we gonna do? We're gonna have some, we got some sponsors, we got something more important people than we are. We'll be right Robin back with more. Chan just wants a break. That's all. He just he does more more. Yeah, more important for sure. We'll be right back with more free press sports with Carlson Show. Welcome back to Free Press Sports with Carlson Sean. All right, I, I think I figured out what we're, we're debating here and what we're talking about. It's really kind of how you see life, see other people, and so forth. And, and tell me if I'm wrong here, Carls. You have some worry. I'm not sure why you're worried because you're not you're a wrong. fan. But anyway, you have some worry that Dan Campbell didn't see what Ben Johnson was capable of quickly enough. I look at it and say he saw it as soon as it presented itself and made a change. So we're, we're looking at the same thing in a really, really different ways. And that's, that's just a different way of looking at life, right? I, <laughs> it's like when you and I were uh, walking to a rental car the other night in San Francisco, Santa Clara, California, and from a distance – my rental car, I can see you. why you thought oh, it was a luxury car. It was a Kia, and it was a base model Kia. And But it wasn't obvious until you get in it and you start fidgeting around and realize you're trying to get comfortable in the seat. There's no power up to any of it. you got bars and levers and so on and so forth, and you're looking for the heated seats which didn't exist and all this sort of thing. And that's, to me, I mean, you know, you got to get in the car and see what's going on and then figure it out. You can't just say, oh, that looks nice from the outside. You know what I mean? Dan Campbell needed to see what Ben Johnson was capable of. He thought enough of him, and I'm sure there's some film sessions and studies and conversations and all those sorts of things to say, hey, this guy can handle passing coordinator, and let's go from there. And then over the summer, he thought about it and gave him the play color. To me, that's just a natural progression of seeing somebody and seeing something and believing in him. You, on the other hand, wanted him to give – Ben Johnson, the OC job, the minute he got hired in Detroit. I mean, Dan Campbell got hired in Detroit. Is that, am I, is that, oh, I, I'm exaggerating a little bit. Yeah, right. What I'm saying is that you're, you're probably right in that, you know, it, it would take you some time to understand who this person is and whether they're capable of being the offensive play caller. Sure, he was, he was, I believe that, yeah, he was already the tight ends coach when, when Campbell took the job. He was a, love, a holdover from the Patricia era. Um, so are you going to promote this guy right away? It's your first time as a head coach. You know, he's got his buddy, Anthony Lynn, who he worked with in Dallas, I think. And, you know, so yeah, I wouldn't expect that off the bat, but after he's worked with him for, for about a year, all I'm saying is that 
Dan Campbell is not the personnel genius that maybe you want to anoint him as. And he took it took a little while to figure that out. Well, when he hires his next offensive coordinator, he's probably not going to same thing. He's not going to have the luxury of waiting two years or a year and a half to figure out who his offense coordinator is. He's got to go hire somebody unless it's unless it's a proven commodity. Um, you know, he's it's and it's going to be it's almost impossible to hire a really good offense coordinator who just happens to be on the market. So that's what the concern is, is who is he going to identify how you don't have the luxury of oh, I'm going to get to know this guy and figure it out and whatever and promote him. You know, he hedged his bets with 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 Ben Johnson. I think that was one of the things, too, is it was pretty obvious that Ben Johnson was going to play call plays because in training camp he was calling plays. Dan Campbell didn't want to commit to that. I mean, and, and the reality of that was, you know, the optics of if it doesn't work out with Ben Johnson, then he's got to take over play calling duties again. And then it's two straight years that you've taken, you've basically demoted your offensive coordinator. And what are you doing? You know, and you, by the way, you're coming off of however many wins it was the first year. And then, yeah, three wins the first year. And then, you know, better second year, obviously. But, you know, that that's all I'm saying is his he's not he hasn't shown to be an, an amazing identifier of you know coordinator talent so far like early identifier of that it's taken him a little while maybe that's just how it's going to go but it's a concern that next time he has to hire an offensive coordinator or well, a defensive see, I, coordinator I, even I just don't I don't think it's a concern at all I mean you, you either get lucky with somebody or you don't I just don't think it's that big of a concern I, to me he was nimble. He made a change midway through the season. Now, he took over and showed that he could call plays pretty well himself. And so maybe that's something he had in his back pocket. He spent the offseason really trying to debate that. And I, and I and I I actually applaud that, taking the time and trying to figure it out. It wasn't that long. Overall, it was a season, it was a year. And then Ben Johnson takes over. You know, I, I still contend that Aaron Glenn has – give him a little bit better talent. We'll see. Give him another – maybe a healthy Houston, and he needs a cornerback in the worst way. It is the number one quarterback. Those guys are hard to find, though. I mean, there are not, not that many of them in the league. It's like finding the finding a lockdown corner is to some degree like finding a a quarterback who can get out of the pocket and make plays, right? I mean, they're they're not that many of those guys either. Well, Mel we was supposed to be a quarterback, and it didn't pan out, so he got moved to safety. No, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I don't know that he so was ever drafted pick. as a. He's, yeah, he wasn't drafted necessarily as a lockdown number one corner. But he was no. definitely drafted as a corner. And he's ended up, I mean, he's got a chance to be a really good safety, which, you know, as long as range, he's got the corner speed, kind of. Maybe not the lockdown corner speed, but he's got corner speed. I know there are degrees to all that. But, no, I just think it's – I mean, I, look, Ben Johnson's obviously great. And and I and I, I just – I don't worry about that quite as much. I remember having a conversation with our colleague, as we like to call him, the great Dave Burkett, when – when early in the days of Kelvin Shepard, the linebackers coach. And Dave was kind of skeptical a little bit. And, you know, he had his reasons or whatever. Well, Shepard's turned into a, a pretty good coach. Maybe maybe a good enough coach that he could become the next defensive coordinator. You know, he's, he's shown a lot. So I think that's where Campbell excels. This is the other, my last point about Johnson and Campbell, because I want, I want to hear your thoughts on why you thought he stayed. We need to talk about that. I, I actually... The other thing I, th- I thought about through this is that he kept he kept Ben Johnson on the staff despite the fact of, of, from from a regime that was that had some I'm not going to completely trash Patricia but there were some toxic elements to it 
and the way uh, Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia ran that building. And this is where you're right. Brad Holmes gets credit. Maybe the person who gets the least amount of credit who gets more is Sheila Hamp. And, but, and she wanted a flushing of all that. So Campbell kept a guy from a staff. He thought about enough of them and kept a guy from a staff where the owner of the franchise is like, we need a complete cultural reset here. But Campbell saw something in him and said, hey, he wasn't part of that. You know what I mean? So I, I thought I thought that was, to me, that's a, a good sign. You know, now maybe you're right. Maybe nobody else turns out to be quite the uh, clever play caller that he is and the, the rhythm play caller and the feel and all that. And he's great at it. Really, he's elite at it. But uh, but in terms of, does this person fit? Is this the right personality? Because that all matters too. He's, he clearly saw something. Yeah, I mean, for sure. He, <clears throat> you know, he kept him. He kept Hank Fraley, the offensive line coach. So you don't been great necessarily too, right? throw everybody yeah. out, you know? No, you and, don't, you don't. You know, he was, you know, obviously with TJ Hawkinson, he, he, I think, I don't know if he'd made a Pro Bowl yet, but, you know, you have to interview everybody. And it, yeah, it was a good move on Dan Campbell to not like, hey, you're all out, you're all garbage, you're all whatever, clean house. And it is good that, you know, Sheila did give him the latitude to you, you pick who you want. If you want to keep half your, half the guys, that's okay. You do what you need to do. So it's a credit that they didn't just, for optics sake, totally clean house and possibly lose some good coaches like, you know, Fraley and Ben Johnson. So, yeah, smart. Good. Do, do you think he'd take Fraley if Ben Johnson does go? Do you, do you think he was taking Fraley too? When when we were in the locker room on Monday, we were kind of sort of asking about Ben Johnson. But more than that, you know, we were asking, we were assuming he was gone. And the next thing was, and does, you know, Hank go with him? And I think that was the thing where where more of the guys were scared, especially the offensive linemen. Yeah, right. Because he's been such a great coach and helped them. And, you know, he's tricked you into thinking that Graham, Graham Glasgow is an elite right guard in the NFL for no, some reason. Not, but He's not elite. He's not elite. Um, he's just good. He's just good. He's really good. And so, yeah, that's that's the everybody was just assuming that that was going to happen and he'd be his offensive coordinator in Washington. So, yeah, I think – I don't know. I would assume – all bets are off now. I mean, who knows? And <laughs> I mean, poor Hank Fraley probably thought he was getting an OC job in Washington. And now it's like, well, I guess we're coming back to Detroit for another year. So, yeah, yeah funny. that's funny. It's like Harbaugh taking uh, the, you know, it's no secret that Ben Herbert, the strength and conditioning coach, right? And for Michigan, is a right. big, big part of their development and the, and the reason they were really good. Same with Jesse Minner, who is a, a elite college level defensive coordinator, who and is going to get a shot in prime. I mean, obviously, you know, right? He he showed some things. He was part of the Baltimore uh, coaching tree under John Harbaugh, but and Harbaugh's taken him. So yeah, it's it's often not just one you lose, right? There's a domino. I can't believe he's taking Jay Harbaugh. He's like Jay Harbaugh too. How did he well, convince yeah, him right. to go? Yeah, no, that, that's that's a tricky one. All right, so let's. Step into to Ben Johnson's shoes if you can. Leave Carlos behind. I I love Carlos. Carlos is not a hothead, but <laughs> I would take Carlos over Ben Johnson any day of the week. But let's yeah step into his shoes as much as you can, and 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 tell me what 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 do you think? Why do you think he stayed? Money. I think that at the end of the day, it was he wanted a lot. Upwards of probably around the neighborhood or upwards of 15 million, which we believe is a lot for a first time head coach. That was the number one thing I'm guessing. And then also other little things of roster control, 
if you're going to Washington, they have a number two overall pick. Was he going to be guaranteed that he could pick the quarterback that he wanted? Did he maybe want to trade, try to somehow trade up and get Caleb Williams from USC? And they were like, we're not sure we're comfortable with that. I mean, I don't know. All these, there's a lot of different moving parts to being a head coach. And, you know, if I, I think he feels that he has earned the right as the hottest coaching candidate on the market to dictate his terms. And unless all my, all my things are in line, I'm not going to settle. And that's good for him. Know your value. And he's young. He's 37. I think it is 37. Yeah. 37. And he has time. I don't think, I don't think he feels like his play calling is going to get any worse. And if he comes back to the lions, they're going to make a super bowl, super bowl run. They'll be one of the favorites to get to the super bowl next year. So like it'll, he'll have another shot at it next year. And, and I was talking to Dave Burkett about this and it was, I think he said he's interviewed with eight teams, right? Like, yeah, yeah I know, I league. know. At, at least seven, and that's, yeah. a, that's a little bit of a concern, but it also, <clears throat> because maybe he's burning some bridges there, wearing out his welcome, like, are you really serious about this or whatever? You know, owners don't look to, don't like to look or feel stupid. Like, am I wasting my time pursuing this guy or is he serious? But it shows you also they're going to keep coming back. I mean, there's there, there's so much. I don't know how many coaches got fired, but it seems every year more coaches get fired. You know, the 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 patience is really thin on ownership side these days. They want to win is. and win now, and so he's you don't find these guys often. These offensive geniuses, and I mean, and I know we can disagree on this, but I think most people look at this. You know, football people like, yes, Dan Campbell, great, whatever. But also, they kind of write off Dan Campbell because we're not getting Dan Campbell. He's going to be a lion for life if he wants to. Who can we get from that staff? And it's kind of like the Patriots was Josh McDaniels for a while. You know, it's like, who, who was who considered a genius, by the way? Yeah. And it's like, who who are we? Who are, who can we get from this meteoric rise that have, has turned the tide of the Lions and offensive play callers and also in the NFL, offensive play callers at, at, are, at a much higher premium than defensive play callers. So that's his, he knows that his value is going to stay high. So there was something, I'm guessing at the top of the list, it was money. And then below that, I think it was other things that he wanted, assurances or whatever it was about roster control or what have you. But money, I would say it was, had to be the, the top thing. And you know what? If teams don't feel like, hey, that's just too much. Sorry, we don't, we're not comfortable with that. He's like, all right, see you. Thanks. You know, we'll, we'll move on. See you. Talk to somebody else next year. And by the way, the my money, price will be higher next year if you want to, if you're still interested. Well, the market just goes up anyway, all of it, right? So. Yeah, true. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's interesting to think about. I, you know, last year I felt, and he said this, whether you believe it or not, last year it felt more like he got out there and, and some part of him realized, I don't know that he, and he talked about wanting to come back and see the thing and whatever. And I'm sure that was unfinished part business. Yeah, whatever. And and that's obviously you feel a connection. You in the building every day. You care about the people, unless you're a sociopath. I assume he's not. So I'm sure that was a small part of it. I thought last year was more about him, some self awareness. Like, am I quite ready for this? This year, uh, I'm with you. I, he, he he's ready, and I probably he probably thinks he's ready. I don't think that was it. I think last year that was the the main thing for him. This year. Yeah, I would say money and 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 to your point, circumstances, you know, and those kind of go hand in hand if you think about it, right? It's, you know, I mean, I guess you're guaranteed 
the contract, but you want you want a, you want the money, but you want a chance to succeed. You don't you don't you don't sure. want just one two year stint and then that's it. Okay, fine, you got a guaranteed three or four year contract, whatever. But you're never going to coach again as a head coach. So I, I think that other thing is just as important because if you're thinking about money too, that's you want you want a chance for the second contract, right? Yeah, I. I, I... I don't know that I don't know that coaches think that way. Um, you know, they just think it's going to work out or whatever. And you know, it's not like they have a limited time like players do to get that second contract and injury, whatever. But um, it's the perception. It's the perception, right? It, it, it's limited in terms of the perception. You can get you can get tasked, not tasked. What's the word, Carlos? Branded certain way, and and that's it. So True. It, it, it is a limited time. It's not because of physical injury. It's almost like emotional injury. It is, and and the thing that unless unless you do something, you know, super egregious, if it just doesn't work out, you know, I mean, I think Ben Johnson knows that if he went to wherever Washington and got the job, and in three years they flame out, you know, just a disaster or whatever, they just don't they just don't succeed on the field. But if he doesn't do weird things, you know, uh, get a- accused of abuse in any way or whatever, or mismanagement, if he just doesn't win on the field, he goes back to being a coordinator. And in another year or two of, I'm sure, being a very successful coordinator again, they're going to be knocking on his door. So I think someone like Ben Johnson to me, unless things change, the game changes, whatever, it passes them by or whatever, you know. But I think that he's one of these guys that, he's going to get opportunities in the future, even if he doesn't get, even if he's not successful his first time, you know, I mean, look at, I mean, Pete Carroll wasn't successful, wasn't very successful his first time in New England, goes to college, lights it up, and then he becomes a Hall of Fame NFL coach. And, and, what's, the, and what's the key about Pete Carroll, right? And and this is what we don't know about Ben Johnson. People. Exactly, exactly. Josh, Jan- I mean, Josh McDaniels, right? Who, right. It was the offensive genius of his era coming off of Belichick stuff. I remember when Charlie Weiss came out, and that man was so. Do you remember what he said when he was going to Notre Dame? Like uh, he, he was going to bring a, a level of sophistication unseen before in college football, and just to, he right, said we'll have gonna, a schematic advantage over everybody. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it just, just. I mean, he was a genius at his time. So, so yeah, that's great. But at some point. It doesn't. That doesn't matter if you cannot connect. And and I'm not saying Ben Johnson can't. But you, to your point earlier, when we started talking, that, that if he doesn't take that from Campbell, look, he's not going to be able to replicate Campbell. You can't. Of course not. But Nobody. You, can. you can learn. But no, right? No. You. But you can learn some things. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Chuck Daly. I sorry about basketball, but when I think about the most, if Campbell ends up winning a Super Bowl and whatever, I mean, to me, you go. Jim Leland was beloved, but. But Chuck, it was Chuck Daly, the tough, he's tough, he was good schematically, and he, he was just this unique guy that everybody respected, and he motivated everybody just by his sheer. And Cam, Camel's like that, only in a bigger sport. Yeah, Scotty, you know, Scotty yeah. Bowman went a lot through fear, so yeah, yeah. maybe you can do it another way. That was a different era, of course. It was, it, it, it was a different era. But, but uh, in any case, yeah, no, you can, I'm with you. Oh, go you ahead, know, Bill Belichick was not Mr. Warm and Fuzzy, right? I mean, you don't have to do it. There's not just no, one way. No, but he was warm and fuzzier behind the scenes. Oh. I read story after story after story that he, the, what he presented on Sundays after the games is not how he was 24-7 during the week. That he, that he was fuzzy, like that son. Wrong words. No, but, no, but that, he, he, that he could smile here and there and that he, could, that he lightened up here and there some. 
I mean, he cared about his players, and you know, no question. But warm and fuzzy. No, yeah, no, no, he's not warm and fuzzy for sure. But in any case, all right, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you for sure. We we we'll see about what Campbell's got in his bag down the road. But for now, yeah, it's it's great. How far to do you expect them to get this year then? If they keep everybody, uh, if they keep most, you know, the coordinators, both coordinators. What what do you think? How far? I mean, I mean, do do they get? I mean, you wrote about this a couple of weeks ago. That that you know, a, a play they're a play or two away from losing in the wild card. They got a they got a break, you know, and and you got to get in the position to to get a break, and that's the key. Can they get in the position to get another break? Absolutely. But then do they get to the break? Do they get to the break? I don't know. They didn't get a break in San Francisco. The ball bounces off his mask and goes into into the hands of a diving receiver. You know, Jameer Gibbs runs the wrong way on a fumble. Whatever. That's that that's not getting a break. So I don't know. I can, I think they can put themselves back in a position to try to get the break because you got to get a break. So your answer is you don't know how far you don't, what's your guess? What do you think? How far? I think they, I think they'll they be, win another it, playoff it, game. Do they get assuming, the number one seed? Assuming that they figure out the offensive line. I mean, it starts with that, you know, is, is Ragnar going to be able to stay healthy? They got to figure out Jonah Jackson. Do they bring him back or not? He's had some health struggles, obviously. To me, if they can if they can be close to what they were on the offensive line, and then they can build that defense out a little bit, not not a whole lot, but just a little bit, then absolutely, yeah, they'll be they'll be good enough to get to a Super Bowl again, for sure. Yeah, I think to me the 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 bar is NFC title game and number one seed. You know, depending because it's it looks like Philadelphia and I mean San Francisco is still going to be pretty damn good, but I think. I think we need to expect them to challenge for the number one seed in the NFC and get to the NFC. The 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 bar, the minimum is the NFC title game again. Yeah, and I don't minimum. see Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean that's you know, and then and then you're gonna get the luck of the, the bounce, whether you get there or not, sure. right? I mean that, yeah, that's anything. just yeah. I mean that, San Francisco that. almost lost their opener to Green Bay. Exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, you get a hot team coming in and start to feel it. So yeah, it's hard. You and I talk about this all the time. It is hard to win, especially in the playoffs, right? I mean, you, you, we saw the Campbell's viral video. Do you guys understand what you're doing? You, you know, do you, need, do you know how hard this is, right? I mean, Tampa comes in at high, right? I mean, they they gave a game anyway. Absolutely. I, I'm with you, man. It's it's yeah. They they should be in the in the number one seed. Should be on the table. But you got to stay healthy for that, you know. Some things. Look at Philly; they start off what ten and one or whatever, and and just I don't know what happened there. But I don't see that happening here unless their you know golf goes down or something. Yeah, yeah. So in any case, all right, good stuff, good good food for thought, Carl's as as always. Should I qualify that? You go always? first. Go first on your your favorite thing, Sean. You oh, itching. okay. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time for the favorite thing, and, and then we'll get you out of here. Oh, you know, going in and out at at twelve thirty with you in San Francisco, in San Francisco after the game, you are a California boy and a fella and a man, man of the world. But your California is your state and your home. You said I grew up in Phoenix, and, but sure. And you grew you grew up within and out, and that's part of your part of what you what's I in your up, what's in your. I grew up about ten minutes from the original In and Out store in Baldwin Park. There you yeah. go, there you go. So it's in your soul. And I've heard you talk about it for years, and and I, obviously I I don't know what the first time I tried it, and probably twenty years ago, but 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 it was fun to have one with you late at night, you know, after a long night, a long long a few months. So I I enjoyed just to sit there with you and 
and and share a meal. That that was my favorite thing for sure. What did you order? I ordered a double double cheeseburger with uh, grilled onion and raw. Oh onion. God, it's not a double. It's a double double. It's the most famous after the Big Mac. Double double. Double no, double. double the Whopper is probably the second, but okay. But I told them I'd like a double. I just said I'd like a double. And what did they tell you about the onions? By the way, oh, they said, hey, you can get both, and they were right. You can get grilled and raw. The guy said, hey, let me help you out. Let me let me, let me make a little suggestion. <laughs> I'm like, it was awesome. So that's what I got. No fries. And I'm sorry, uh, ashamed to admit a chocolate shake. I love their chocolate shakes. They're great. They make it with real ice cream. So pro tip, this is, and this is part of my favorite thing too, is the In-N-Out meal. That was absolutely just a nice little thing to look. We talked about it. Like we're going to go to In-N-Out on the way back. It was right by our hotel. And we're, I was looking forward to that the whole game. And it was like, oh man, this is kind of 11 PM is kind of late to be eating In-N-Out, but, <laughs> but this is our one chance. And pro tip for the listener out there, They'll do anything you want if you go to in and out You tell them to, you know, give you half a bun and toast half and whatever. Obviously, if you get animal style, there's pickles. They don't usually advertise that they have pickles and mustard, but you can have that on there. They can ask for extra sauce. The fries, by the way, ask them for well done because people complain the fries are a little bit soggy. Ask them for fries well done and they'll cook them a little bit longer. And then Sean is wrong. You get the Neapolitan shake. That's chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry all in one shake and it's amazing but my favorite thing sean was this whole season the lion season it was as somebody who covered the 0 and 16 season in empty ghost town like press box back then by the way at ford field the beat writers sat separately like at the 50 yard line where it's now a coach's box and just everybody else who wasn't a beat writer sat on press row closer to like the 30 40 yard line and so when the team wasn't doing well, very few people were showing up on the, you know, press row. It was just, it was depressing. And to see how they've come so far, it's been a long time. It's, it's taken a while, but to see this run to, you know, going to Green Bay, you know, we, we split up the road trips, but it was, you know, Green Bay and New Orleans was a fun time and, that that was a good trip and you got to go to Dallas and I got to go to LA to talk to Matthew Stafford and go to the Chargers game. And it, it was just a really, it was a long season. It it wears you down week after week of covering in and traveling and going to the games. And, you know, you cover college. I barely cover college games or don't, didn't at all this year, but that's ex- especially taxing on the writers to the columnist going from one to the next Saturday to Sunday, especially when there's travel involved. But it was just a fantastic ride. It was really enjoyable. You know, I got to reach out to a lot of fans. Some of them, you know, become friends, acquaintances, and getting to enjoy it vicariously kind of through them. I'm not a fan, but I appreciate their journey and hearing them talk about it, the excitement that we all had about it, whether it was covering big games or or enjoying it as a fan or watching it on TV. So it was it was a really, really fun journey. You only go, I think someone said this. You only go through this once. You know, the there's a rise to the so prominence. You only experience it's nothing it. unique. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Great. Pearls of wisdom, as usual, from you. And and you only the first time, it only is one time. So next year I think would be still really cool to see them do well. I would expect them to do well. But there'll um, be expectations. Right? It was a fun. There'll be expectation and that changes it. There'll be huge expectations and that'll be its own yeah. thing. And that um, changes it, but, doesn't it? Yeah. 
but it was a it was a fun fun ride. I think you agree with that. No, but, for uh, sure. Yeah, and, that was my and, favorite and I, the whole. And season. I enjoyed doing it with you. That that was that that was that Hell was yeah. the most fun part. We usually get to sit together. We do at the home games for sure. And and I always enjoy that. It's fun to watch games with you. So no, that's we got to go through the ride together, and then obviously do this podcast. We've been, we've been doing the extra podcast all season, so that was the post game podcast of the Lions. So obviously that'll get put on hold for a while. But uh, well, Robin says we're going to do Road to the Plus, but Red Wings edition now. So after okay. every Red Wings game, yeah, we're yeah, do a we wrap do up. like a 10, 10 minute deal or something. <laughs> yeah, that that'd be that'd be fine. Or or why the Pistons are winning now that Kate Cunningham's not playing? Yeah, we could do podcasts on that too. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. They'll, 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 they got to figure that out. Anyway, yeah, we got lots to get into as we move off of football season. Although we've still, we're still going to have plenty of football, right? We got, we got potentially maybe some coaching changes. We'll see what happens with Aaron Glenn. And we got the draft. That'll be here for you, know, right, Carlos? And then all of a sudden it's rookie mini camp. And oh boy, yeah. So it's not going to be as long as you think, is it? And the, hey, the combine. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. It's all getting hot yeah. and heavy. Senior yeah, Bowl, no, combine, it, it doesn't no, stop. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. All right, it's been a pleasure, my brother. Good to share this uh, historic season. It was a historic season. We can say that. Even though it didn't end in the Super Absolutely. Bowl, it was still a historic season. And I'm with you. The ride was amazing. It was great to share with you. That was my privilege. Absolutely. All right, my man, let's 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 get out of here. The reader said. Let's thank Robin Chan, our intrepid producer who puts up with all our shenanigans, especially this season. There's a lot. Son, he, he worked... Poor Robin had to wait for us after the game to do these wrap-ups, and especially like when we're in California time, and it's midnight his time, and the poor guy's got to stay up late. So, you know, poor one out for Robin. He's he's been a trooper, but also you know our executive producers who take all the credit but don't do any of the work on Jeanette Delgado and Kirkland Crawford. But the person who signs the checks, who I can't you know malign at all, is Nicole Avery. Nichols, who's given us our support for the whole season and has made this possible and been very patient. But Sean, and she, who is the most important? Well, and by the way, you're going to thank Nicole for taking away the comments on our stories. Although I know you secretly loved. Uh, oh yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. But anyway, who do we who do we really you need secretly to thank? loved comments? Oh, you, the listener, of course. I mean, I want to thank you. I love their you comments. Wanna, I want to thank you too, Carlos. But uh, yeah, no, we want to thank the listener. You can find us obviously wherever you find your favorite podcast. The most important thing is to subscribe, rate us, let us know what you think, and then keep coming back. We because we'll be back next week, I would imagine with more free press sports with Carlson Sean. Mm-hmm.